Well, today we're going to continue our series called Next Steps. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at this brand new discipleship pathway that we've created as a church to help you grow in your journey in following Jesus. You know, Jesus is hard for his churches, for all of us to become disciples, to learn from him and live for him. And it's been exciting over the last few weeks to unveil to us the first few steps in Gateway Next Steps. And today we're going to look at the fifth step of Gateway Next Steps, which is volunteer or to volunteer within our church. I want to read today from Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. This is what it says. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, let's select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them and laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The numbers of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted to Acts chapter 6. It gives us a glimpse into the excite, this exciting moment in the history of the early church. We see that the church, the early church, was growing. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was outpoured on a group of followers of Jesus, and they had this new boldness, this new passion to share about Jesus. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people gave their lives to follow Jesus, to become disciples of Jesus. But we see in the book of Acts in the first few chapters that the church is continuing to grow. However, the church in this moment had some growing pains. It was exciting. People were getting saved daily, left, right, and center. People from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different faiths and cultures, they were accepting Jesus. They were hearing about Jesus, about his death and his resurrection, and they were accepting him as their Lord and Savior. This was happening on a daily basis, and it was incredible. It was an incredible moment in history of the church. However, it started to provide the leaders of the early church who were called the apostles. It started to create for them a little bit of a problem. There were some problems springing up here and there. These 12 apostles, these original, the original followers of Jesus, the 12 disciples, they were finding it very difficult to minister to everyone because there was so much growth. Now here in Acts chapter 6, we read about two groups of people who had made decisions to follow Jesus. We have the Greek Jews and we have the Hebrew Jews. Now these Greek uh, Jewish people, these pe- Jewish people who spoke Greek, they come from other nations to Palestine. And then the other group of people who had surrendered their lives to Jesus, these other Jews were Hebrew Jews. They lived in the local area. They were local residents. But there was a problem between these two groups in this early church. The Jewish, the Greek-speaking Jewish people, they said that their widows, the widows of their group, were being neglected 
in the daily food feeding program. The apostles, they were busy trying to preach, trying to pray, trying to teach the new disciples and believers. But they were neglecting the Grecian widows. That's what the problem was. They were neglecting, feeding them and providing food for them every single day. Now this could have caused some big problems in the early church. It could have caused division in that early church right away before they even got up and running. could have caused major problems. However, the church leaders, they handled the situation with great wisdom and, and they didn't give the enemy, Satan, any foothold within the church. You know, this problem provided the early church leaders with an opportunity to look at how things were going, how they were ministering and to fix any issues that they had. You know, I'd like to say that even in this moment, even with what's happened over this past year with COVID, you know, it's been a big problem, but I know speaking to other church leaders and even for myself, it's provided us with an opportunity to look at what's working in our churches, what isn't working, how can we be more effective in our ministries. And that's what happened in this moment. There was a problem and they had an opportunity to assess it and discover the changes that needed to be made. And they came to a conclusion after meeting together and speaking about it. They came to a conclusion that this problem was actually their fault. It was the fault of the church leaders. It was because, this problem was because the church leaders were trying to do too much. They were busy serving tables and providing food for people that they were actually neglecting what God had called them to do, to pray and to preach the word of God. Now, I'm not saying here in this moment that serving people food is, is beneath church leaders and that it's unimportant because the Bible tells us and shows us that all of God's work is vital. Every ministry within the church is vital, whether you're cleaning a toilet, serving coffees, welcoming people, whatever it is, preaching, is, it doesn't make a difference. We're all doing it for God and every ministry is vital and important to God. However, the issue was in this moment was their priorities. They were neglecting specifically what God had called them to do in order to do so many other things. They could have given this responsibility of this food program, this food bank, they're feeding people to other people who are capable and were talented and were called to this ministry. They could have done that. And so they realized that and they came to this decision and they said, right, we can't do everything anymore. We're going to focus on what God's called us to do and we're going to hand this ministry off to others, to others who are well and capable in doing this. And so the church leaders, they decided to choose seven men to take on this responsibility of feeding the Greek-speaking Jewish people, the widows. That's what their job was. And so the, the, the apostles, they called these seven men, they prayed for them, they laid their hands upon them and they set them apart for this ministry. They released them into this, this ministry and you know, these men, they weren't just any men that they picked out of a crowd or from the towns. But actually, these were followers of Jesus. These were men who were partners of the church, members of the church. These were men who were full of faith, wisdom, and full of the Holy Spirit. We see there's a standard even for people just serving within the church. God has a standard for that. And so these 12 apostles, they call these seven people to be a help within the church. Now, many Bible commentators and preachers will say that these seven men were deacons. They were given this responsibility of deacons within the church. However, if you study this a little bit more, we see that this title wasn't given to these seven men in this moment. 
These seven men were actually just humble servants of the Lord and they were carrying out the work of the Lord, serving the Lord, serving these widows, serving the church and helping out wherever they could. But you know, as I began to read this passage of scripture and as I was preparing for this message, you know, I began to ask that question, why? Why did these seven men decide to give up their time, to give up their energy in serving food to these widows and helping out the early church? Why did they do it? Why did they volunteer? You know, I began to think as well, why should we volunteer today in the church? You know, there are many ministries within the church and there are many areas where people can get involved in. But why should we get involved in the church? Why should we volunteer? Why should we serve? Well, today I want to share with you three reasons why you should volunteer in this church, if you're a part of this church, if you're a partner in our church, or why you should volunteer in the church. But also I want to look at why these seven men decided to volunteer and help in serving the church and serving these widows. So three reasons. The first reason why you should volunteer, why I should volunteer within church is because we should volunteer to follow Jesus' example. You know, we see that these seven men, they were disciples of Jesus Christ. These were followers of Jesus. They had heard the good news of the gospel from the apostles. They'd surrendered their lives to live for Jesus and they wanted to be like Jesus. That's what a disciple is. A disciple learns off off their rabbi, off their teacher. They learn from them, they live it out. And the ultimate goal of of a disciple is to become like their rabbi, as we've seen in previous weeks. And that's what these seven men wanted to do. They just wanted to follow Jesus' example and be like Jesus and live like Jesus. And we can see... And if you read the Gospels, you'll discover that Jesus is the greatest servant of all. Jesus said this about himself in Matthew 20, verse 28. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus was the ultimate servant. He was the ultimate expression of serving other people. He was fully God. He didn't have to serve people. People should have been serving him. God most high, the creator of this world. Humanity should have been serving him. But instead, Jesus didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. You know, in John 13, we see this incredible picture of how Jesus came to serve. In the Last Supper, right before he's about to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he's about to be crucified and nailed to the cross, Jesus is having a meal with his closest followers, his closest disciples. And what does he do in that moment? He begins that meal by washing their feet. He serves his disciples. It's absolutely amazing. He is setting an example for his disciples that as followers of Jesus, we should be servants. We should serve people, not have people walk over us. I'm not saying that. We should serve people, love other people, help other people. You know, it's far greater to serve others than to be served. You know, Jesus shows us this. And I love what the Apostle Paul writes about Jesus as he's talking to the Christians in Philippi. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11, it says this. He says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. 
Therefore God elevated him to the highest place of honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus was the ultimate servant. And if we are followers of Jesus and disciples of Jesus, we should be like our rabbi. We should be like our savior. We should long to serve other people. We are called to serve others. That's what God is calling us to do. There's so much more than just coming to church and just hearing a sermon and feeding yourself and then going. But God wants us to serve other people, to serve within the church, to love other people. That's what these seven men did. They modeled to the other believers what it looks like to love people and serve people. They give up their time to serve these widows. And that's why the first reason why we should serve as well is to follow the example of our Savior. He came not to be served, but to serve. The second reason why we should volunteer is to use the God-given gifts that he has given to us. God has given us incredible gifts and talents. He's equipped you with gifts and talents. And they aren't there just for you to serve your own purposes. But they've been given to you to build up the church, to build up other people, to help other people. You know, the Apostle Peter, he writes these powerful words in his letter. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 to 11, he wrote these, to the, these words to the early Christians. He said, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself is speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all your strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. God has given you specific gifts, specific talents, specific abilities. And God wants you to, wants you to use them, not just for yourself and building up your own kingdom. God wants you to use them to serve him and to serve others as well. God expects us to give our gifts in ministering to other people. You know, the work of the ministry, it isn't the work of one person. It isn't the work of just me as the pastor and everybody else just comes to church and is observers and spectators. But you know, my job as the pastor, the gift that God has given me is to equip the saints for the work of their ministry. You know, you are called as a minister of Jesus Christ, maybe not as a pastor, but you are called a minister to other people, to share about Jesus with other people, to help other people, to pass on and use your talents in building up other people, in supporting the vision of the church and carrying out the mission of God. It's amazing to think that God of the universe has given us an opportunity to partner with him in his mission. You know, some of you have the gift of hospitality, so why not sign up to join our welcome team? Some of you have been given the gift of, of serving children and teaching children. So why not get involved in our Sunday school kids zone or in other children's ministries, our mums and talks, which will be starting next year. Maybe you have the gift of, of Bible teaching. Well, you know, get involved in that area. Maybe it is pastoral. Maybe it is in other areas. Maybe it's worship. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you to use your time, use your gifts, use your resources in building up the church. God has given you his gifts to volunteer, to help out within the church. And as you surrender your life to Jesus and as you serve other people, God will bless you. God will bless you in great ways. So use the gifts God has given you to volunteer within the life of the church. That's what these seven did, seven men. They give their time and their energy and their resources to helping these widows. And that's what you and I should do as well. Finally, the third reason why 
you should volunteer in church or why we send men volunteer is because we have been given an opportunity to make an impact for the kingdom of God and for the glory of God. You know, we all want our lives to be meaningful, don't we? We all want to have a great legacy. You know, oftentimes, despite our best efforts, you know, it seems often like we're unfulfilled, we're unable to make that impact that we want to make here on earth. But you know, the incredible news is, is that God is inviting you and me to partner with him, to make an impact for him here on this earth, to partner in his mission. We can make an impact on our families, our friends, our work colleagues, on the world around us, on our community, simply by serving Jesus. Listen to what happened as these seven men gave themselves to helping these widows. It says in Acts 6, verse 67, these seven men were presented to the apostles who prayed for them and as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted to. You know what's amazing? What I love about that is that when these seven men gave themselves to volunteering and helping the church and serving in this area, it took the responsi- that responsibility and that pressure off the church leaders. They were then able to continue to preach and pray. The kingdom of God advanced. The message of Jesus continued to spread. People found Jesus as their Lord and Savior and the kingdom of God was extended. You know, the goal of serving and volunteering is not about self-promotion. It's about Jesus' promotion. It's all about him. It's all about making an impact for him. It's not about us serving so that we can climb some sort of ladder and get better and better, just like the world does. That's the heart of the world is you do this and you know climb the ladder. And it's all about you, about promoting yourself. But you know, God is calling us to serve him so that he will be promoted. When we serve Jesus, his kingdom advances, his people find him as Lord and Savior. Heaven is populated, hell is empty. That's what it is all about. It's about him. It's about Jesus. It's about his glory. It's about his kingdom. And our, not our own little kingdoms. It's about serving Jesus and making an impact for him. You know, I just want to end by sharing with you a little story. It's a story about a Sunday school teacher. And it's about a Sunday school that takes place in Chicago a few years ago. It was a great Sunday school. And the church, it was a fantastic church. But you know, there was a problem in this Sunday school. There was a young man in that Sunday school who wouldn't listen to the Sunday school teacher. He wasn't interested. He rejected. wasn't listening at all. And so one day, this Sunday school teacher decides that he was going to visit this young man in his place of employment he was going to visit this man at his place of work and so the Sunday school teacher he heads to downtown Chicago and he visits this young man in the shoe shop where he was working and this Sunday school teacher he felt led by God simply to share about Jesus once again to this young man this young man who had been causing trouble he hears of his Sunday school teacher the good news of Jesus and right there in that shop he surrenders his life to Jesus, and his life is forever changed. You know, that young man's name who was causing trouble, his name was Dwight, or many Christians know him as D.L. Moody, somebody who became an incredible witness for God, incredible servant for God. Listen to this, D.L. Moody, he then witnessed to many people. He had a great ministry, and he once ministered and witnessed 
to a man called Billy Sunday, who was a famous Chicago baseball player. He witnessed to him about Jesus, and Billy Sunday gives his life to Jesus. Billy Sunday then, he gets saved, and he goes to North Carolina to this revival tent meeting with this reverend called Mordecai Ham. He goes with him, he's been invited by this guy Mordecai Ham to preach in this tent meeting. And so he does. Billy Sunday goes there and he preaches in this tent meeting. Who is in that tent meeting? It will amaze you. In that tent meeting, as Billy Sunday was preaching, was a young man named Billy Graham. In that meeting, Billy Graham gave his life to follow Jesus and the rest is history. Billy Graham was the greatest evangelist of the 20th century, reached millions for Jesus Christ. The world was shaken by his ministry. You know, the reason I want to share this small story with you today is because Billy Sunday, Billy Graham and D.L. Moody, they all came from simply from the ministry of a volunteer. It was of a volunteer Sunday school teacher. His name was Edward Kimball. This Sunday school teacher, you probably would never hear of his name, Edward Kimball, if I hadn't shared it with you, or maybe you Googled it or heard it before, but he's not a famous name. But Edward Kimball was just somebody who volunteered, who gave his time, he surrendered his life to Jesus and gave his time and his energy just to teach children in a Sunday school in a small church in Chicago. And because of that, the impact that he had, that God had for him, changed this world forever. You know, I believe, yes, the church needs more D.L. Moody's, more Billy Sundays, and definitely more Billy Graham's, yes. But I believe more than ever, the church needs more Edward Kimball's, more people who will teach and give their time to serve, teach children and serve within youth, serve within worship, serve within the body of Christ. The church needs more Stephens and Phillips, like we read in Acts 6, who went on to cause spread revival in the land and see many people come to know Jesus. We need, need more volunteers within the life of the church who will go on and make an impact, not for themselves, or lift up or make a, a platform for themselves who will promote Jesus, who will extend his kingdom and preach Jesus. And as we come to a conclusion, this is where Gateway Next Steps comes in. As a church, we want to provide you with as many opportunities as possible for you to follow the example of Jesus, for you to use the God-given gifts that he's given you, whatever it is. He's given each and every one of us gifts, whether it's welcoming people, shaking people's hand on the door, whether it's serving somebody a cup of coffee, whether it's simply praying for people, helping in the Sunday school, helping in worship, helping preach, helping lead, whatever it is, use your God-given gifts. We want to give you an opportunity to serve others and to make an impact for the kingdom of God. And if you are a partner of this church, of Gateway Church Cymru, then it would be our joy serve alongside you. I served before I became a pastor of this church. I served in many, many different areas and in particular in youth and worship. I served in the church and you know as I began to serve and volunteer and help other people and spread the good news of Jesus, God began to reveal to me his specific call for my life and that, that will happen within your life. But if you would like to volunteer here at Gateway Church and you're a partner of Gateway Church then please visit our website gatewaychurchcoming.co.uk forward slash next steps please visit our website look on our page at all the different serving opportunities that are on there pray about it and then fill out that application get in touch with us and then we as a church will get in touch with you we'll get you dbs and we'd love for you to begin serving and volunteering within the life of the church and making jesus known and having an impact 
for him. We'd love for you to be a part of all that God is doing here within our church family. And you might say, what will be the outcome of that? What will be the outcome of you volunteering, even in just a small church in the middle of Abraham? What can be the outcome of that? Well, I, I just want to read to you the last verse in Acts chapter 6 to conclude. This is what the outcome will be, is each and every one of us use the gifts that God has given us as we come together as the body of Christ. Not one person as a body, all different parts, as we come together to serve Jesus, the head of the church. This is what can happen. Acts 6 verse 7. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted to what can happen as you decide to serve that you can have an impact on Abraham, Abadir, your family and the world around you. So I want to encourage you today to give yourself for a cause that's greater than you and that will go beyond you. Let's volunteer within the life of the church. Amen. Repeat these